this is Tony Lloyd. Being a broadcaster for many years, I've witnessed some great stories in the music industry. And now I want to bring as many music stories to you as I can in this series of podcasts. My goal is that they will inspire others making their way in the music world. Music Stories with Tony Lloyd. Gareth Dunlop, welcome to Music Stories. How are you? I'm pretty good. Thank you so much for having me on, Tony. No, it's a, it's a pleasure to have you on. Um, and you're in Newmarket at the moment, and we were mm. talking just now about horses and stuff. Do you ride horses? I do not ride horses, no. I would. Uh, the, the, the thought itself is terrifying. <laughs> me neither. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I tried when I was younger, and it just got all shook up, and I got off the horse, and that was it. Uh, okay, so um, you're from Belfast, I can tell from your accent. Uh, you're lovely Northern Ireland. Yeah, that's a hard one to hide. Well, yes, <laughs> if not impossible. Uh, I'm from North London, and that's probably nearly as hard to hide. <laughs> um, you've got a new single out called Right About Ready um, mm. from your recent album, Animal. We'll talk about that mm. uh, and uh, and so on. I've got, I've got some interesting questions for you, but nothing that will terrify you, I promise. Um, okay. <laughs> to start with, I want to find out about you as a person. How did it all start for you in the music business? Uh, and, and what got you into it? Why are you a musician, a composer, engineer? Uh, why are you that and not a librarian? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it kind of music kind of came out of the blue for me. I was about 13, 14, and I didn't really grow up surrounded by music. My parents were particularly musical and um, I mean, we used to sing in the back of the car, but that was about it. And I saw a picture of this electric guitar. It was in a catalog magazine. And for whatever, it was just this light bulb moment for whatever reason. I just thought it was the coolest looking thing I'd ever seen. And I pestered my parents to, to buy this guitar for me. And they eventually broke down. They bought it. And I think they probably thought it was going to be like the the skateboard or the bike that never got used from the year before. Perhaps they were but, probably um, grateful that it wasn't a drum kit you were after. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or, exactly. Or a violin. <laughs> yeah. Oh, ouch. <laughs> mm, but no, I, I, I took to it. I, I, they, they broke down, they bought it, I plugged it in, they turned it up as loud as it could go. And I think, you know, at that age, a hormonal teenager, I just, I, I felt in control of something in my life. And I, I just, I kind of gravitated towards it and then began surrounding myself with 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 that kind of music i was started seeking out you know guitar hero kind of stuff Jimi hendrix and van halen jimmy page anybody who played fast and loud um and then it wasn't until a little bit later that i started to get into singing i thought i'd try that out i was listening to some bob dylan and things like that and, and then i started flirting with the idea of writing my own songs um started gigging around town i went to i went to music college um right after high school and i kind of found my my tribe i found my my like-minded fools um and started playing everybody else's music for a living in the local pubs and clubs and uh started to introduce some of my own songs into those circuits and then i was very very lucky i had the chance to go over to nashville tennessee um and that's where i met my uh my first publisher and it's been a bit of a, a roller coaster uh, and what I, happened? Tell me about that moment before you continue. Uh, mm. you, how did you How did you meet him? You, you were in Nashville. What were you doing? You trying to record something, or or what happened? So uh, this is something that I didn't know back then was that uh, Belfast and Nashville are sister cities. Ah. Um, 
so they in Belfast they run a, a great festival called the Belfast Nashville Songwriters Festival, and the festival organizers had uh, kind of come on to my music and, and asked me did I want to go out, and the whole premise was to go out and learn a little bit about the industry and meet other songwriters, play a few showcases and things like that. So I found myself out in Nashville. I had a show, like an in the round with a few other writers in the Bluebird Cafe, um, <sighs> and I I finished I finished that out. And it was, uh, and Diana, uh, the lady's name, she came up afterwards and said that, you know, that, that was great. That was awesome. Um, do you have any publishing? And I, I think I said something to the equivalent of, you know, I don't even know what that is. So I definitely don't. <laughs> um, and she, yeah, t- she took a shine to what I was writing and, um, and asked me to come back out again. It was only a few weeks after that. Um, and I played for some film and TV folks and, um, yeah, and started writing for, for TV, started writing for movies and writing for for other artists. Amazing. I tell you, um, the reason why I'm extra fascinated is that um, my wife Emma and I are, are watching we're, uh, Nashville, the TV series. It's mm. our, it's our second uh, our second pass. Of, <laughs> we watched it a few years back. Now we're watching it again in mm-hmm. the UK, and we love it. I don't think we see, saw it all the way through uh, uh, last I've, time. Uh, that's a great show. I've written. I think I wrote about. Maybe eleven or twelve songs for for Nashville. That's amazing. Which mm. ones? <laughs> my goodness, off, off the top of my head, um, uh, I keep coming back. I think was the first one. Oh. Um, and I think that was actually performed in in the Bluebird. It was maybe one of it might have been series one or two. Yeah. Um, Few steps my way. Um, Together we stand, which I think might have closed out the last series. Right. Um, there was a few. There was a good few. That's incredible. And and how did that happen? Do they say um, his his? It was it like Disney saying, "Okay, we want you to write songs for all all these programs, all these films, and here's the contract." Or do they say, uh, you know, give us give us a song and then give us another one and give us another one? How does that work? So a lot of the time, it's it's very brief driven. So um, especially with a show in Nashville, um, they already have the the character earmarked. They know what kind of a song he or she's character is mm. is looking for that's going to fit the scene so a lot of the time there are quite defined parameters um especially with that show they're you know conveyed to be uh, writing about their lives and of course as a you know for, for people watching the show they're very familiar with you know who they've fallen out of love with or fallen or fallen in <laughs> love with and all that kind of stuff every, so every week um, that happens every <laughs> every week yeah yeah puts puts these standards to shame um but yeah it was um so a lot of the a lot of the Nashville stuff uh, for that show was, was very very driven by brief on, on what needed to fit the character at that time. So they they came to you and said, uh, right, okay, we've got another project for you now. Can you write another song and then another one, another like that? Mm-hmm. Uh, sure, okay. yeah. And you get uh, two shillings and sixpence per song, <laughs> and that's it. Okay, yeah, well, yeah, you get to keep keep the lights on just a little bit longer. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I understand. Oh, that's that's amazing. And um, but we absolutely love. In fact, I've just downloaded from somewhere all the Nashville songs, or all well, cool. all the ones on Tidal. There were three hundred. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot. So there is a lot. Yeah, and we love it, and we love all the music. So extra pleased to talk to you. Okay, um, tell me about uh, your album and uh, the single that's just come out. Right about right about ready. Um, what's inspired you to write that single? Because musicians, you know, you have to have, well, according to Nashville, <laughs> you have to have uh, inspiration, don't you? And it's normally a personal experience or something like that. 
uh, to, mm. to write the song. So what was it uh, that um, made you write write about Ready? So that song, I mean, it, it's it's essentially a conversation that I had with my wife. Um, Nashville was a huge, huge part of my life for, I would say, 10, 11 years. Um, just being over there every other month and taking that, taking that transatlantic flight. Um, and it was around the time we have two, we have two kids, two small children, and we were trying to figure out that ball of wax of, all right, well, you know, I'm here and I'm gone. I'm here and I'm gone. Mm. And I was out in Nashville. We were on the phone and I think I, I'd got to the point where I was writing songs for other people. I was writing songs for other people's needs and I was ready to come home, spend time with my family. And I was ready to figure out what it was that I wanted to say through my music. Right. And we just had this, this conversation and, um, yeah, the, the, the song kind of, uh, kind of flew off the page, um, shortly after that, after that chat. Okay. Dara ask, are you still with your wife? I am indeed. Okay. <laughs> 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 okay. Because sometimes sadness and heartache and everything also inspires writers, doesn't it? No, it does indeed. Yeah. They're, they're very, uh, very deep pools to, uh, to pull from. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, do, do, could you sit down and write a song without any personal involvement? I mean, I'm, I know that I have done, especially for brief. I think what makes it more more enjoyable, or I don't even know if enjoyable is the right word, but um, a lot of those TV shows that are asking for songs, they are asking for, you know, subjects that are dealing with the, the big themes of life, you mm. know, love, loss, mm. friendship, past, future. Um, so I always try to try to find myself um, in those narratives as, as much as I can, because I think that's a, that's a better place to kind of pull from. But I mean, yeah, sure. I've, I've sat down and, you know, someone's asked for a, a song about what's her name, wherever she went. And, uh, I'm certainly maybe not in that headspace <laughs> in that particular moment. And, uh, yeah, you gotta, you, you gotta turn a light on maybe in a room that you didn't expect to be, to be in that day. <laughs> yeah. I understand. Okay. Um, we'll chat again in just a second, but I'm going to play a snip, only a little snip from the, uh, the song Right About Ready, um, which I love. It's, it's a great song. We're just going to play for listeners to uh, music stories. A little bit of Right About Ready from Gareth Dunlop. Tell you what, Gareth, I'm listening to that in, in stereo on uh, in the studio here, in studio broadcast quality, and uh, the, the stereo effects and everything else, the engineering is is fantastic. It's really cool. Mm. Yeah, I love it. Thank you so much. No, no problem. And um, did your wife like it? I have to ask. <laughs> yeah, no, she she, she definitely yeah, no, she definitely did. She got a kick out of it. Bless her. That's fantastic. Okay. Um, I read that you are also engineered for a few um, 
fairly well-known bands. Mm, <laughs> uh, yeah. by, by engineer, I mean, you, you're, we're talking audio mixing and uh, producing, yeah, and engineering in the studio for, for you, I've got a little list here. Uh, you tell me who, who it was, basically, that the listeners might uh, recognise that you've engineered for. Uh, the last thing that, that I did, which was a, a project from start uh, to finish, was for uh, Foy Vance. It was his uh, latest record, Signs of Life. Um, he called me up and, and asked me, it was right in the middle of lockdown, he asked me what I, what I like to get involved in, and, and produce that record. And I grew up watching Foy. You know, Foy was one of the, another one of the reasons why I got into uh, certainly singing and performing um i used to I used to watch him i used to sneak into pubs and clubs when i was a, a young man and mm. uh and watch him singing and yeah i just thought it was it was mesmerizing so to, to get the shout uh to produce something for him was this weird full circle uh kind of moment um and it came with its challenges because we had to do most of it online we couldn't hire other musicians so mm. between the two of us we ended up um uh playing uh, just about everything on that on that record Amazing. Okay, I've got you uh, two, Van, mm-hmm. Mor- Van Morrison, mm-hmm. the Rolling Stones. <laughs> oh no! So all right. So this <clears throat> this is uh, an engineer who I have worked with. Um, I I mean I would love to sit here and say that I have engineered <laughs> for the Rolling Stones and Van Morrison. I've opened for Van Morrison, but I have not. Uh, I have not been blessed to be in his presence in a studio. But a, f- a very dear friend of mine who I've worked with for the longest time. He used to manage a, a great studio. Uh, down in Dublin called Windmill Lane, which had, I mean, just about everybody come through the doors there one time or another. Um, I'm working with Alistair. Uh, that was that was probably one of the first times I was in a proper commercial studio. Everything before that was uh, kind of a bedroom setup. Oh. Uh, sort of, you know, to get the chance to re- to record in Windmill Lane, but that has such a a heritage of incredible artists and work with with Alistair. He has worked with with some of those people. was um, was was a dream come true. Amazing. What makes a, a studio? I know you've got your own studio, haven't you? Mm. Um, yep. What What makes a good studio that artists want to use? Is it is the location? Is it the sound? Is it equipment? What What's What's the attraction to a particular studio? I think it's a little bit of everything for me. I. You know, look, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a gear nerd. I'm a gear. Jo- I absolutely love equipment. I love old consoles. I love old, old tape machines. And, um, so I, I'm definitely attracted to that side of it. Um, but, uh, I think more than anything is, is, it's probably a comfortable place to be in. You know, um, when you're recording something, you're very much, you know, the, the, under the, under the microscope. Um, so to have a, to be comfortable in that scenario and that environment, I think, you know, massively, massively important. I think mm. first and foremost, that's it for me. With no distractions and so on, and you know, mm. there's no no aggravation and hassle around you, so that you can just get on with the job and do it nicely. That's right. All right I understand. Yeah, I'm. I'm. You and my, You and I need to go for a drink uh, because I. You just described me. <laughs> as well <laughs> i love it I, I i build studios little ones and mm-hmm. uh and have done all my life i'm a, a you know an engineer sound engineer nerdy type of person as well as a broadcaster so um but oh so, i love it and is that a is that an is that an akai no, track i see behind you there a- akai no it's a revox 
That's a Reebok, it's of course. A, it's, it is. A, it's a B77. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I know. I love it. It still works as well. Yeah, mm. a B7 listener to to this podcast. We, we <laughs> Gareth is. We're talking on Zoom, and he's just seen the background of my studio, uh, a, an old tape machine, which I've had I don't know how many years, a long, long, long time. And it's made by a company mm. called Studer Studer Revox, and it's a B77. Mm. And I used to record everything on it, and I used to edit on it with a razor blade and a chinograph pencil. So that is a lost art. I mean, that stuff. I, you know, I got into producing and engineering a little bit later. There wasn't much. Uh, there wasn't much on the analog side, certainly on tape. Um, but yeah, I mean, that stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm mystified by it. Well, I, I think if I was very lucky because I learnt uh, how to edit um, in that way, you know, with a razor blade, um, mm. and and. Uh, then that helped me later on when I stopped using analog devices like that machine and it went digital. I had to teach myself how to use software. Um, nobody taught yeah. me, but um, it was easy. It was a bit easier because I understood the concept of editing because I'd done it the hard way first. <laughs> if you see what I mean? Yeah. No, absolutely. As I say, it seems it's definitely a it's a it's a it's a lost art. I think. But it take it used to take forever. I can remember editing plays, radio plays, and things like that with all sorts of errors and mistakes and things like that. And people would say, "Well, can uh, can you cut that bit out? Right, I'll start. I'll try. I'll start again." And, <laughs> and you'd be, and the tape would just be running and running and running until it ran out. And and yeah. then you'd have to go through it all, you know, in real time, and then and then try and find the good bit and then mark it and then go back to the bad bit and then chop it out and then edit the new bit in and so on. It was a it was a real ball like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can imagine. And now there's there's AI software that will that will do that for you. I know that's <laughs> so frightening, isn't it? <laughs> Terrifying. But it'll all be good. I mean, people used to say that about everything. Every new every new uh, uh, device and every new system and every new process that that came out, everybody was terrified about it to start with, and then it, mm. it all settles down, doesn't it? You know. Yeah. Okay. Um, now I must talk about your your tour because uh, you're on the road. Yeah. Um, I've got s- some towns here which I'll read out so people can find you. Uh, you're in London, Sheffield, Dublin, of course, Bournemouth, Oxford, Gateshead, Glasgow, Manchester, Birmingham, and back in London again uh, towards the end of the year as well. And uh, all the details of those uh, tours are on your website, GarethDunlop.com. Which That's is right. easy to find, isn't it? So, mm-hmm. how do you find the touring? And uh, you know, some some of those you're um, opening for people, aren't you? Or or backing yeah. them. So, uh, how does that work? How does how do you find that? You know, it's uh, I, I love touring. It's 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 the it's the one thing that um, they haven't worked out how to digitize yet. You know, as a, <laughs> an ass on a seat. Well, they have. Um, they have. The ABBA. Oh, hey, what am I talking about? They've yeah. got the holograms now, right? Yes, ABBA. And I've, I've seen it and it's incredible. <laughs> I'll bet it is. You know what? I am, I'm a, I'm an ABBA fan through and through. Um, I would actually like to see that. Yeah, you should. No, the, uh, the, the tour inside of it, I, I really do enjoy. And it's, it's, you know, I didn't really get the chance to test out the, the songs on the, on the last record, the, the latest record, I, you know, because a lot of that was created during lockdown and, you know, I'm kind of looking into the bones of the next record and on this latest tour I'm out at the moment with Lucy Spragan and it's great to get up there night after night and just you know try out something throw it against the wall try it in a different tempo the night after you know what let's you know let's tweak this let's tweak that Mm. and then go into the studio um 
so yeah that that side of it is uh is ma massively enjoyable so you can use the audience as a, as a test bed basically and see what the reaction is that's it yeah. that's it and then obviously hopefully they like it when they hear it uh recorded that's brilliant i love that okay well gareth thank you so much for talking to me on music stories it's been a pleasure i could talk to you all day but i know you're busy um, <laughs> thanks Tommy. no and um your album is available it's called animal and your single from it is available too called right about ready and um, presumably that's available on all the download sites and so on that is indeed yeah and uh, good luck with that it's lovely to talk to you maybe we'll catch up again in in a, a year or so and uh, find out uh, what you're up to next that'd be good nice one thanks tommy you're welcome thank you tony lloyd creating audio and film worldwide <laughs>